In the name of God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Today is the Feast of Christ the King. This marks the end of a, a long journey that we've had after Pentecost. It also signals the new beginning of a path towards hope. A hope in our Lord Jesus Christ. Perhaps on this Feast of Christ the King, we would expect to be met with a narrative of a triumphal king, Jesus parading in on a brilliantly adorned white horse. The image of the 19th chapter of Revelation comes to mind. Now I saw heaven open, and behold, a white horse, and he who sat on him was called Faithful and True. His eyes were like a flame of fire, and on his head were many crowns, and he had a name written that no one knew except himself. He was clothed with a robe dipped in blood, and his name is called the Word of God. And he has on his robe and on his thigh a name written, King of Kings and Lord of Lords. This moment in Revelation is a moment of supreme triumph. Our champion, our king, is clothed in glory. But on this feast of Christ the King, we are not met with this particular passage. Perhaps images of kings pop up in the imaginations of our hearts. Kings clothed in majesty and splendor, adorned with jewels, with a crown of gold upon their head, with a mighty scepter sitting upon a mighty and great throne. Conceivably, other images come to mind in the workings of our imaginations. Now, as many of you know, I am a chaplain of the Episcopal School of Nashville, and every week I draw a picture of a saint to help me tell a story to teach the kids about the lives of the saints in our church. Our own Sally Chambers has seen me draw pictures of these saints, and she has requested that I draw one for you, my church family here at St. B's. Now, many of you know that Sally works very hard for the church, and my office is right next to her, and I see her week in and week out giving her all, giving her everything for this parish here at St. B's. So naturally, I acquiesce to draw you, my family, a picture. Lo, behold, superhero <laughs> Jesus. Now, it took me a long time to draw this picture. It was very ambitious. The hands were very difficult to get just right. The eyes, I spent hours of research to make sure that superhero Jesus had cute eyes. If you'll notice here, Jesus has big muscles, able to leap a building in a single bound, faster than a speeding bullet. He is a mighty and strong superhero cape and a crown of gold. But yet, on this day, we are not met with a king riding in on a victorious and triumphant horse. We're not met with a king that has a crown of gold or a mighty scepter. And we're certainly not met with a king in this gospel passage with a superhero cape. Instead, we meet our king in a place of pain 
suffering and humility. Our king is being tortured. What seized my attention and what captured my imagination as I approached this gospel text was the striking contrast between the way of arrogance of the world and the way of humility of our king, Jesus. The so-called leaders scoffed at Jesus and the soldiers mocked him. The seeds of arrogance are being sown by the so-called authorities. They offer Jesus sour wine and they place an inscription above his head that read, This is the king of the Jews. What prompted my imagination as I read this passage about arrogance is it seems that arrogance is all around us. The seeds of arrogance have been sown throughout our culture. And these seeds seem to manifest themselves everywhere. We see arrogance on athletic fields. We see arrogance on cable news programs. We see it especially on our news feeds on social media. And not even the church is immune. We also see arrogance looking back at us in our mirror. As I am approaching my time for ordination, this has been a, a time of reflection. And as I reflected on this gospel passage, I was reminded of a moment when I was a first-year seminarian and I was teaching an adult formation class. One of the students in the class, a friend of mine, she urged me to read a book that had changed her life. This book brought her closer to God and it gave her strength and courage to face what she was facing in her life. So over Christmas break, I had time to read it. And I disagreed with the major tenets of this book. And so I decided I was going to write a response. It was 20 pages of my best work. I wrote very attacking language because after all, I was right. I was a first year seminarian. I was defending the gospel of our Lord, the teachings of our church. I was right, and this author was wrong. The only problem is it really hurt my friend, and it damaged our relationship in a profound and mighty way. Not only did these seeds of arrogance that were rooted in my heart hurt my friend, but they hurt me, and they've left a, a wound that is never completely healed and a scar that is still there because of my arrogance. It is tempting to think that we have all the answers or that we have complete dominion and control over each and every situation. Arrogance is on full display with the authorities and the soldiers in this passage. Those that seem to be in charge, they are all knowing and they have all the answers. The way of arrogance is sending us a message their way is the way of power. Their way is the, the way of dominion and control. This arrogance is why we find our place this morning at the place of the skull. It was on a hill, a highly strategic location, so that the empire of Rome could send a marked warning to the general population that any insurrection would be punished in the most severe and humiliating possible fashion. 
The way of arrogance was in control, and they were proclaiming it high upon a hill for the entire world to see. The narrative that we have been invited in today is a juxtaposition between the way of arrogance of the world and the way of humility of our King, Jesus. It is in the sea of arrogance that Luke pans our attention toward the cross. And we hear Jesus forgive. It takes humility to forgive. We must be constantly reminded of the power of forgiveness. We say the Our Father day in and day out, week in and week out, and we are reminded to say as we forgive those that trespass against us. Forgiveness goes against the very grains of our arrogant and sinful nature. The way of Jesus is predicated on a humility born of love, a love that causes us to forgive others. The way of our King has shown us a different path to walk, to love those that hate us, to pray for those that curse us, to forgive those that trespass against us. The way of our King is in direct contrast to the way of arrogance. Three times in this gospel passage do we hear people saying to Jesus, save yourself. It was assumed if Jesus had the favor of God, his pain and suffering would end. We are reminded here in this gospel passage today that Jesus did save, just not himself. It took humility to save us. It takes humility to cut through our sinful and arrogant nature. And we must be constantly reminded. Our way is not predicated on thinking that we always have all the answers. Our way is not predicated as one of having dominion, having complete and total control. Our way, rather, is predicated on the blood flowing from our King on the cross and the ultimate show of love for us. It took humility of our Lord to save us. So it's not surprising that today we are not met with a king adorned in jewels or with a crown of gold or even a superhero cape. But in turn, we are met with a king adorned in humility, saving us in his blood. Please stand and join me in confessing our faith using the words of the Nicene Creed found on page 9 in your bulletin. We believe in one God, the Father of the Almighty. 
us pray to the Lord, saying, Lord, have mercy. In the Anglican cycle of prayer, we pray for the church in the Falkland Islands. In the Episcopal Church of South Sudan, we pray for the Diocese of Penyana area. Let us pray to the Lord. For Justin, the Archbishop of Canterbury, Michael, Presiding Bishop, John, our Bishop, and for all clergy and people, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For the leaders of the nations, and for all in authority, including Donald, our President, Bill, our Governor, Mayor John of Nashville, all legislators and the judiciary, especially Jane, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For this city, for every city and community, and for those who live in them, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For the good earth which God has given us, and for the wisdom and will to conserve it, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For the aged and infirm, for the widowed and orphans, for refugees, for the sick and the suffering, especially Ava, Jennifer, Jonathan, Lynn, Ruth, Victoria, Ada, Virginia, Evelyn, Jim, Debbie, Ruth, Leonard, Joel, Diane, Julia, Susan, Sherry, Michelle, Sharon, Allison, Kyle, Jack, Ava, Kirk, Ivy and Nora, Andrew, David, Nikki, and Katie. Are there others for whom we should pray? Let us pray to the Lord. For those experiencing homelessness and the volunteers who served them last night, for the poor and the oppressed, for the unemployed and the destitute, for prisoners and captives, and for all who remember and care for them. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For all who have died in the hope of resurrection, especially Ray, Kyrie, and Julia Louise Montgomery, mother of Leslie Hines, and for all the departed, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For deliverance from all danger, violence, oppression, and degradation, let us pray to the Lord. suffering and without reproach, let us pray to the Lord. In the communion of blessed Bartholomew and of all the saints, let us commend ourselves and one another and all our life to Christ our God. To you, O Lord, our God. Hasten, O Father, the coming of your kingdom, and grant that we, your servants who now live by faith, may with joy behold your Son at his coming in glorious majesty, even Jesus Christ, our only mediator and advocate. Amen. Let us confess our sins against God and our neighbor. Most merciful God, who can confess that we have sinned against you, 
Almighty God, have mercy upon you. Forgive you your sins through our Lord Jesus Christ. Strengthen you in all goodness. And by the power of the Holy Spirit, keep you in eternal life. Amen. Amen. The peace of the Lord be always with you. Thank you.